Welcome to the West Side Podcast, where you can find real help for real life. We hope you'll take a second right now and subscribe to this podcast and let us know how we can help. You can find out more at westsidecommunitychurch.com. Now join us for this week's installment of the West Side Podcast. Isn't it good to be in the house of the Lord? I thought about doing what Bart did. I really wanted to do, I wanted to come dancing across the stage like he did. He just has the neatest way of doing that. But if I did that, then I wouldn't be standing right here, right now. But uh, I love the music here. I just, uh, I just uh, love the way they sing and do. And I'm really, really uh, blessed to be a part of it. Uh, I wanted to tell you a little. Uh, today I'm going to be preaching on uh, Take Your Mind Back, Winning the War of Your Mind. Take Your Mind Back. And it seems like I've kind of really in just recent month or two, have been fighting that, mainly at night when I'm asleep and I wake up at three or four in the morning. Stupidest thing, nobody wakes up at that time of morning. But anyway, I get up, go in the kitchen, look out the window, there's no cars on the street, nothing, because they're sensible people. And, uh, but I, I get these negative thoughts coming in my head. They're not bad thought, thoughts, they're negative. And I don't like negative thoughts going through this mind. Never have, never will. So I've had to stay up 30 minutes, an uh, hour, and just kind of pray about it and get, get God to come in and, and get, him, get filled with that and fill myself with Scripture. And then I go back to bed and sleep like a baby. But it's just, uh, I think our thoughts, you know, we need to take our mind back, you know. Oh, I thought, well, before I give you the message, I'd give you a, uh, a I don't know if it's true or not, and I don't know if it fits in the, in the service or not, uh, my message notes, but here's a story I read. There was a, there was a captain sail, sailing on the sea during a battle. And his servant came up to him, and the captain said, bring me my red shirt. So the servant did as the captain said. After that, the servant came to the captain and said, why did you say bring me a red shirt? The captain said, well, if I get shot, they won't see the blood. The next day, the servant came up to the captain and he said, there are 50 ships on the horizon coming at us. The captain said, bring me my brown pants. <laughs> you knew it was going to be a silly joke, didn't you? <laughs> Takes a minute to think of that one, doesn't it? I want to start with a verse on Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 8. It's just a... I, I just thought it was one of the greatest verses, and, and uh, look at it with me. It'll be on the screen, and it says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one thing, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable, right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Now, see, I don't know of anything better than this verse to fix into our minds, to get into our hearts. So your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Life comes into your, no, 
What comes into your mind goes out into your life. You cannot have a positive life and a negative mind. That's so true. Listen to that carefully. We're always fixed on this negative stuff. If you don't control what you think, you'll never control what you do. Draining my mind to focus. Focus is a skill, but what I want my mind to think about, what I want it, the great theologian Jackie Chen, he's the guy, the karate kid. His quote was to his boy, he said, your focus needs to be more focused. I thought that's for me. My focus needs to be more focused. See, What stronghold is holding you back? See, I, As Louetta and I talk to folks all the time, we hear there are things that are holding them back. See, some say, I never get out of debt. That's not true. You can get out of debt. You got to work it. I'll never have a meaningful job. Sure you will. Go get it. Go after it. Never feel close to God. Oh, that's so far away. You can feel close to God. Okay. Luetta and I get up of a morning and I say, good morning, God. And she says, good Lord. Oh, she says, uh, good, God. good God, it's morning. Oh. <laughs> she always tells me that. See, I can't overcome my addictions. See, these things, you know, we get them fixed in our mind and we get them, we get them concrete there and they're negative. And we need to get to the positive part and it holds us back. What truth can demolish strongholds? There's a truth that can demolish strongholds. What truth demolish? I'll give you the answer of this and just when we come to the end. But... There was a man in the Bible that I fell in love with a long time ago. His name was Jonah. Now, I don't know. I call him my man, Jonah. I mean, he's just a good guy. It's in the Old Testament, and it's one of the minor prophets. And, and, it's, and what's so interesting about Jonah is uh, he, you know, he, his name means dove. I mean, dove, which is peace. He, was, he did not fit his name. He had an angry spirit within him. You see, there's four chapters is all there is in the book of Jonah. And we're going to cover all four. And I should have you out of here by one o'clock. And then we'll start the second. <laughs> but Jonah, he just doesn't fit that, that name, you know, peace and, and, and uh, that dove. Uh, you know, now, I think about my name, Kenneth. I fit that. It's a perfect name for me because uh, what Kenneth means is handsome. <laughs> See? And uh, James, we're da James, that's why I want you to take side views of me. And, and Caleb said this morning, he said, well, which side? And I said, both are good. By the way, that is what Kenneth means. But, <laughs> but Jonah was this man that um, he came over, he came after Elisha. And he was a 
he was a great prophet. He's first mentioned in, in 2 Kings chapter 12. He's first mentioned. And he was a prophet that God was using in a wonderful way. And then he writes this book himself. Now, he doesn't leave it good, but he writes it himself. So I'm going to cover it. So, so if you want to read, you just look in that or write your Bible and, and mark your Bible, whatever. But I want to give you a little outline. So get ready to take some notes. Are you ready for this? Get ready to take some notes and kind of enter. But the first chapter is Jonah runs from God. Jonah runs from God. I had a pastor tell me this outline almost 60 years ago. And I wrote it in a, my Bible, and I never forgot it. So I'm going to give it to you. The first chapter is Jonah runs from God. And you see that. Look at verse number 1, 2, and 3. It says, And the Lord gave this message to Jonah, the son of Amittal, to get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment against it, because I have seen how wicked its people are. Now, Nineveh was a Gentile country, and they were the, one of the meanest cities in those days. They would just destroy people. They would uh, come in and destroy parts of Israel. They were very mean to them. So Jonah had no love for Nineveh. <laughs> but Jonah, he got up, and he went the opposite direction. I love this about him. I talk about a mind and a thought going in all kinds of directions. And to get away from the Lord. So he went down to the port of Joppa, where he found his ship leaving, leaving for Tarsus. He bought a ticket, went aboard, hoping to escape from the Lord by sailing to Tarsus. Now let me tell you about that. Nineveh is 500 miles that way. Tarsus is 1,000 miles that way. So Jonah says, well, I'm going to get on this ship and I'm going to get away from the Lord. And that's a lesson we can learn because sometimes I think even like Jonah, he forgets in his mind that God is everywhere. You know, he's not just in your city, he's everywhere. So you can run all you want, but God is there. And somehow we forget that. And, and Joshua said, or Jonah said, I can do this. Verse number seven. Then the, the well, I'll tell you a little story here first. There was a storm and the ship was rocking. So they threw all the luggage overboard. They were going to sink. And everybody was working and praying to their gods. And all of a sudden, Jonah was sound asleep down at the bottom of the boat. The captain of the ship went down, woke him up, and said, What are you doing? You need to pray to your God. We're going to sink and perish. The storm is too mighty. Get up and do it. And then the crew, verse 7, the crew cast lots to see which of them had offended the gods and caused this terrible storm. And when they did this, the lot identified Jonah as the culprit. Isn't it funny how our sins always seem to find us out? We think we're hiding. We think we're running. But there comes God. Through, through, through this little casting lots, 
Jonah, what did you do? He told him what he had done. In verse number nine, Jonah answered, well, I'm a Hebrew and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven who made the sea and the land. The sailors were terrified when they heard this. For he had already told them that he was running away from the Lord. And they said, oh, why did you do it? They groaned. See, And uh, verse 11. And since the storm was getting worse all the time, they asked him, what should we do to stop the storm? Now, let me say this to us. When we get thoughts that are sort of not God's, and we decide to take God out of that mind and that thought life of ours, and when we do that, it always affects others. Other people are going to be affected by how we think. And we need to be careful, because not only our kids are watching us, our friends are watching us. Your church is watching you. We're not spying on you, but you know, it's just, it's just always funny how it affects other people, destroys them. When my first wife, Karen, and I was married, I was in the Marine Corps, and I had a terrible habit before I got saved of cussing. I never used God's name in vain, Jesus' name in vain. Don't ask me why. I just never did. I didn't, didn't do it. So I'm just sure that God somehow protected me. I just never did it. But I knew all the rest of them really good. I could pronounce them correctly and everything. <laughs> and you know, uh, so we got married, and uh, we were having a wonderful time, and, and, um, and she hated cussing. Her daddy cussed. He was, a, he was a Marine for 28 years, Sergeant Major in the Marine Corps. And... Uh, and Mama wasn't, wasn't too many steps behind him. And uh, so Karen said to me, Kenneth, we didn't put this on our list, but we need to put this on 10 things that we want in our home. And I think we need to put on there, no cussing. I wasn't bad at it because I got a lot of victory over it, but I still had little nibbits of it just going. And I think I still do today, careful, if I'm not careful. You know, somebody has stopped too fast in front of me. You know how that goes, don't you? Anybody with me? <laughs> Somebody turn in front of me. Now, if I turn in front of them, I just say, I'm sorry why they cuss, cuss me out, you know. But, but So we have to be careful how we, but it affects other people. I thought about it, you know, honey, the other day we were in the bank and we were sitting back waiting to go through the, to drive through just to the ATM. And... Uh, so I was sitting back because there's two of them. I was just going to wait to one of them out and then drive whichever one. Well, here come this little car with two ladies in it, and they just whoosh, and whipped it in. That car left, and they went right up. So I went up behind her, and I honked my horn. Beep. <laughs> I know. I question. Don't you question? I mean, my thinking. Why, why would you do that? Well, that wasn't the worst thing. I rode down my window and I said, you sure are rude. <laughs> now, I don't know what all she said to me, but it was pretty long. 
See, sometimes we got to understand that our, our thinking needs to be God's thinking at all times. That's good, Ken. Thank you. <laughs> Verse 15 of chapter 1, it says, Then the sailors picked up Jonah. Jonah said, Just throw me over his top. And they threw him into the raging sea, and the storm stopped at once. The sailors were all struck by the Lord's great power, and they offered him a sacrifice and vowed to serve him. That's what, that's what they wanted to see. Is God alive? He is. Now the Lord had arranged a great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was inside the fish for three days, three nights. Don't you know that God always has something prepared for you when you're running from him? <laughs> It'd be something if he had a fish for all of us when we ran from him. We'd all have a lot of fish in the sea, you know. But God always has something to bring us back, to woo us back to himself. So chapter 1, Jonah runs from God. Now chapter 2, Jonah runs back to God. Jonah runs back to God, runs to God. And uh, look at verse number 1. It says, Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God, from inside the fish. <laughs> I mean, there comes a time when you, your prayer life really improves. <laughs> when you're in a fish's belly and you're going up and down the bottom of the sea to the up, some of the sea, the, the depths of it can get as much as 10,000 feet. I mean, when you're going up and down and, and I mean, all the stuff around you, you know, that they get, verse five, it says, I sank beneath the waves and the water closed over me and uh, the seaweeds wrapped itself around my head. What a trip. <laughs> he could have been going to Nineveh, but now he's on his way to Tarsa, but he's really not. I would say to us Christians to be careful when we decide not to hear the voice of the Lord that sometimes it's worse on the other side than it is the side if we'd just done it. Do you agree? You know, I just, I think sometimes when we decide, no, I don't want to do that, God says, I want you to do this. And I like verse number seven. It says, and he says, my life was slipping away and I remembered the Lord and my earnest prayer went out to you in your holy temple. See, the thing is, there needs to come a time, though, in all of our lives that we get serious about our prayer life, and Jonah did. I mean, don't wait till you're in the fish's belly to do it. You can do it before then. God waits for us to learn to have a prayer life, to learn to pray. I think that over the years, that's, that's one thing I've learned to do is how to pray. I don't believe my first several years of being a Christian, I was always in such a hurry and doing things my own way. Then all of a sudden I come to that place, I need to learn to really communicate, really pray, really touch the hem of the garment of God. 
I need, to, I need to have him move in my life and know. And he repented of his sins. And he said, Lord, I was really right, wrong. And I'm sorry. And verse 10 of that chapter says, Then the Lord rem- ordered the fish to spit Jonah out upon the beach. Now, I'd hate to see what Jonah looked like when he was spit up on the beach. But it probably was not a pretty sight, nor did he smell good. (laughs) Three days, three nights in the fish's belly. But he prayed. He asked the Lord to forgive him. Now, let me tell you this. The Bible says if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you your sins. And to cleanse you from all unrighteousness, 1 John 1, 9. And you need to know that when you say, I'm sorry, Lord, for that step I took, he will forgive you, he will restore you, and you'll get spit up on the beach. (laughs) Or closer. Jonah runs back to God. Now, chapter 3, Jonah runs with God. This is the best chapter. We all need to stay here. Jonah runs with God. And it's one, look at, look, look what happened. Verse one, one to three in chapter three. He said, then the Lord spoke to Jonah the second time. Thank God for second times. Second chances, really. Uh, he said, get up and go into the great city of Nineveh and deliver the message I have given you. This time, Jonah obeyed the Lord's command and went to Nineveh, a city so large that it took three days to see it all. See, I mean, here's a, t- here's a time that Jonah runs to God and God says to him, now let me get your story. He got right back where he started at. So now he had 500 miles to walk to get to Nineveh. I'm sure some of the smell went off of him in that walk. He went to Nineveh and entered his city. Look at verse number six. He says, and when the king of Nineveh heard what Jonah was saying, he stepped down from his throne and he took off his royal robes and he dressed himself in burlap and sat in a heap of ashes. I mean, there was a great revival in the city because he obeyed. That's all God wanted to do. He wanted us to walk with him. Just, just to hold his hand as we walk during the day. That's, isn't that sweet of God? It's, come on, Jonah. And he just walks with God. Can I tell you this? That's all God wants from you and I. We're his children. If you know him, we're his children. He just says, come on, walk with me, son. Dear daughter, come on and walk with me. Just just hold my hand and walk with me. See? And a great revival broke out in Nineveh. And the whole city repented. In fact, he even made the animals dress them in burlap. It's all yours, God. Everything's yours. And here's this great, wicked city repenting. 
There's nothing like walking with God. There's nothing like walking with God. When we walk in the steps that he orders, when we walk what he says, here's what I want you to do. There's nothing like it. I tell you. It seems like the older I get, the smarter I get on this on how to walk and to walk with God. And I say that to you out of love. Learn to walk with God. Learn to, that you know where God wants you to be, you're there. See? So Jonah runs with God. That's the chapter to live in. Last chapter, chapter four. And that's this. Jonah tries to run God. See, Jonah runs from God. Jonah runs to God. Jonah runs with God. And Jonah tries to run God. And a lot of times that's where us Christians get in trouble. We think we're smarter. We think we've got it all figured out. So no, I don't have to do that. No, God, you did that wrong. I, that, I, God, I told you. They're a disobedient person, a child, and you need to just destroy them. Put them in a car rack, fall off of a mountain, break their legs. See, God doesn't do that. God waits for repentance, and when they repent, he changes his mind. Look at verse number, verse number one of chapter four. It says, this change of plans greatly upset Jonah. Isn't that too bad? And he became very angry. Verse two, so, so he complained to the Lord about it. Didn't I say before I left home that you would do this, Lord? That is why I ran away to Tarsus. I knew that you are a merciful and compassionate God, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. You are eager to turn back from destroying people. Just kill me now, Jonah says. Lord, I'd rather be dead than alive if what I predicted isn't going to happen. If you're not going to destroy them, just kill me, God. It's too bad we get in that, that place in life. As a Christian, we've walked with God. We know what God is. We've seen the great revivals take place. We've seen God do stuff through the word of God in our life. And then we just kind of stop walking with him. We get angry at him. Well, God, that person looked at me wrong, so I'm angry. Well, God, that person said something about me, so now I'm angry. I didn't get the raise I wanted. I didn't get the promotion. So now, God, I'm not going to pray no more. I'm not going to read my Bible no more. I'm, I'm mad at you. See? Don't try to run, God. Verse 10 and 11, it says, Then the Lord said, well, well let me get to the story here. He built, Jonah went out of the town, and he sat there to watch the city destroy. You can just see him. And uh, it didn't happen. 
So Jonah, so God built Jonah a, a leaf that came up and grew over him and shaded him in the heat of the day. And then God sent a worm to eat it and kill it immediately. And he, and he did, and it's in verse 10, it said, then the Lord said, you know what? You feel sorry about the plant. Though you did nothing to put it there, it came quickly and it died quickly. But Nineveh was more than 120,000 people living in spiritual darkness. Not to mention all the animals. Shouldn't I feel sorry for such a great city? God really loves for us to walk with him. But don't drive running him. He's smarter than I am. Here's a verse I thought this was really good. Jonah's the only prophet who Jesus likened to himself. The only one. It's found in Matthew 12 and verse 39. It's not going to be on the screen. Matthew 12, 39. Jesus said, and evil. He was talking to a bunch of Pharisees and a bunch of law setters. He's talking to the religious people of the world. They all said to him, said, Lord, give us a miraculous sign and we'll believe in all the things he'd already done. But no, we want to see one just from you, just for us. Jesus said, an evil and adulterous generation seeks after his sign. And no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh will rise up in judgment with this generation and condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonah. Indeed, a greater one than Jonah is here. He just said, I want you to know that I'm the son of God. I'm the savior. I can wash your sins away. I can make you as white as snow. I can remove your sins as far as the east as from the west. I can make you my dear child, fit, fit for heaven. You'll be in my presence. You'll be mine. Will you say, I repent and I'm sorry and come? How do you give your mind back to God? Two ways, simple. The first one is, give your heart to Jesus. It's a simple one. God made it simple. Thank you, dear Lord, for that, because I can do that. He says, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. If any man knocks... I'll answer. Just knock on the door and I'll come into your life. I'll make a difference. Seek me and you'll find me. See, he calls our hearts. He's a wonderful savior. He says, let, let me come into your life. See, let me take you. See, when we do that, we become a child of God. Every morning when I get up, I thank God, I'm your child. Thank you, thank you, and thank you. 
I belong to you. Over 60 years now, I'm yours. After that night, in the outskirts of Cuba, I became a child of God. Oh, may I say to you, dear friends, there's not been one day that I've been sorry. It's wonderful to walk with God. Here's the second thing. Read the book. Now listen. If all you get in the book is what we give you on Sunday morning, then you're going to be a weak Christian. When the storms of life comes, it's going to knock you down. When things happen, you won't be able to stand. You don't have enough. We can't give you that. Give you two things you need to know. Number one, you need to get into a group of people that surround you, be with you, and help you. The second way you need to be a man or woman that will read this Bible systematically. Start in the book of John, 21 chapters in John. John says, here's God. Here's God. You wonder what God's like? John will tell you. See? And get in the book. Begin to learn about Jesus. Begin to learn about the Father. You become stronger and stronger and stronger. And when the storms of life comes, you're able to stand. And when you come to the place, like when I lost my first wife, you can stand. You don't fold. You don't crash under. You can stand. Hurt, yes. But when life, you lose a child, you lose your mama and your daddy, you lose a loved one, you can stand. Oh, it hurts. That's why you need to be in this book. Make this a part of your life every day, or at least as much as you can. Every day. I used to drive trucks here in the city years ago when I first got in the Marine Corps. And they had me have a lunch break. They wanted me to take an hour lunch break. Did you realize it doesn't take an hour to eat lunch? <laughs> so I'd spend 30 minutes of it eating my lunch. I'd spend 30 minutes of it in my book. Read it, mark it. That's what God wants you to do every day. Are you a born, or have you ever come to the place being born in God's family? Have you said yes to Jesus? While your heads are bowed for a moment, Jesus, I invite you into my life. Jesus, I make you my savior. Jesus, I want you to be mine. I give you my life. I give you all that I am. The Bible says when you do that, you become a child of God. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to give you one more thing to you, dear folks. You can look up here at me. It's not in your notes. It's not anywhere. But it's sort of a blessing I want to give you. I want you to listen carefully to all of it. I'm done. 
but it's something I wanted you to have in your life. Listen to it here. You are strong and mighty. You have the same power that raised Christ from the dead dwelling inside you. You are a weapon of righteousness in a world of darkness. You are not your past. You are not what you did. You are who God says you are. He says you are forgiven. He says you are redeemed. He says you're free. You're not a hostage of unhealthy thoughts. The weapons you fight with are not the weapons of the world. They're divine power. They demolish strongholds. You have the mind of Christ directing your thoughts. You have the word of God guiding your steps. Worry is not your master. You trust in God. His peace guards your heart, guards your mind, guards your soul in Christ Jesus. Your God has not given you the spirit of fear, but the spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. The Lord is your helper. You will not be afraid. You are not a slave to your habits. You are not a prisoner to an addict, an addiction. You have been rescued from the power of darkness and brought into the kingdom of God's light. Your God will bless you abundantly so that in all things and at all times, having all that you need, you abound in every good work. Nothing can separate you. Nothing can separate you from God's love. Not death, not demons, not the present nor the past. No power on earth will ever separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. The battle rages, but you have won the war. Thank Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the Westside Podcast. We hope that you'll be taking some next steps in your faith journey, and we'd love to help with that. The most important step you can take is following Jesus. And if today you decided to make that step, we want to encourage you and help you. You can text the word Jesus to 503-905-9067. And we're going to send you some things in the mail to help you grow in your faith. We also would encourage you to stop by this Sunday for a live service, either online or on site right here in the Portland, Oregon area. You can find out more at westsidecommunitychurch.com.